Thank you all for tuning in. The following is a presentation of Bald Spots Productions. Be sure to like, comment, and share. You know, subscribe, follow, whatever it is you've got to do to kick that algorithm into gear and help us reach more people. It is I, your humble host, Bill Hatch III, coming to you live from the Palatial Home Studios of Bald Spots Productions here in the beautiful city of Malden, Missouri. <sighs> Joining me today on this Thanksgiving special, even though it's not being posted on Thanksgiving, <laughs> are my guests for today, returning contestant, Joseph M. Leonard, author of Terror Strikes, coming to a city near you, <laughs> and Andy Charles, who uh, I've just met, uh, <laughs> on for the first time, taking his first swing at the bat. <laughs> so how are you gentlemen doing today? Doing pretty good, pretty good. Getting ready for the the feast later today, of course. Of course. And, uh, you know, and be, being the author of Terror Strikes Coming Soon to a City Near You, as you can imagine, since October 7th, I've been busier than a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest, as mm. you say, talking terrorism again. So I'm glad to have a chance, like I was with HodgePod, uh, talking about It's a Wonderful Life now that we're at Thanksgiving that'll be playing on a loop 24-7 on a channel <laughs> near you. <laughs> yeah, A chance yep. to get away from that talk, talk about something <laughs> else, you know? <laughs> you know, now I had the opportunity to ask a one-legged legged man about those ass-kicking contests, and he said he'd never participated. <laughs> So, uh, so how about you, Andy? Yeah, well, I can imagine yeah. it would be rather difficult, but it does make the very interesting analogical or metaphorical uh, image yes. uh, representation yes, <laughs> of indeed tiring oneself out. Yeah. Yes, indeed. I I can understand that too. Uh, with uh, with. Two jobs and a and or three jobs and a uh, and uh, and a school schedule to uh, to keep. I, I've been pretty busy myself, <clears throat> so. But uh, so, Andy, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing fine, Bill. Thanks for asking, and thanks for having me on your podcast. I really appreciate the opportunity. No. I will not be celebrating Thanksgiving today. I'm in the Caribbean. Yep. Um, that is not unfortunate. It's just based on logistics. But I will support those who are celebrating, including some folks, families and friends and loved one of mine. And I would wish them or hope that they would enjoy a safe and happy, prosperous Thanksgiving Day. To you guys yeah. as well, Joseph Thank you. and Thank Bill. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Andy. Well, um, my first question that I always ask my uh, my guests are, what are you reading? So, uh, Andy, uh, what are you reading now? Ah, yeah, that's an interesting question. I'm reading two books, actually, right now. Um, the first one is Never Quit on a Bad Day by Phoebe Trotman. Hmm. Uh, she is an accomplished athlete and also an entrepreneur coming out of Vancouver, Canada. And it is a really fantastic book about true life stories that could get you in a pickle with regards to having that belief in yourself even though things may not go exactly the way you wanted to you may get dropped from the team you may not even reach the playoffs 
you may get second place, but eventually if you keep pushing, trying, mm -hmm. training, believing and developing yourself, eventually you're going to get there. And she has some collaborators on the book and their stories are similar. There are some differences because we have people speaking about businesses and then we have folks speaking about their personal life. But the principal thing is to never quit, even mm -hmm. though the day is bad, even though the circumstances and conditions are not in your favor, don't quit. And yeah, I, yeah, I would the, recommend that book for anyone. That reminds me of Amazon the, and stuff. Yeah, that and, reminds me of a quote uh, yeah, by the uh, other Winston one Churchill. Is, that reminds me of a Winston Churchill quote. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you find yourself yeah. going through hell, yeah. don't stop. What's the um, other one? Yeah, what's the other book? <laughs> yeah, don't stop. Don't stop don't at all. Don't stop. I love that. Um, the, the, don't stop. Uh, the other one is 88 Key Positions uh, to Lead a Better Life by Agi Karamidas. He is a Greek, and okay. it's based on a collaboration of different stories from different individuals, writers, coaches like himself about different life positions that you can take with regards to overcoming challenges and being successful. So those are the two stuff, uh, publications I'm reading right now. Nice. How about you, Joseph? Well, I, I can't tell you anything. Yeah, I can't tell you anything you can currently <laughs> read because okay. as author of How to Write a Book and Get It Published, Hints, Tips, and Techniques, several people who have bought my book are writing their books and i am <laughs> uh, uh proofing their books so i can't let the cat out of the bag on the titles <laughs> and the topics uh, okay but okay. so yeah i'm not reading anything currently that's off the shelf and mm. of course you know i i started my own podcast in june the constitutionalist politics podcast and dropped my third international book, Constitutionalist Politics Podcast, that goes with that show. And now working on the fourth international book, Constitutionalist Politics 2, that will come <laughs> out next summer as a follow-up. So uh, I'm nice. kind of busy with all those things. I, I, I can't pick up something at the local Barnes & Noble uh, to just sit back, <laughs> relax, and, and entertain. But I did go to the show the other day and saw, what did I just see yesterday? Oh, I saw Freelance a couple weeks ago, okay. you know, because I could get, you could get in and out in an hour, hour and a half, two hours, see a movie rather than investing time in the book. And Freelance, mm. a lot of fun movie, a lot of fun movie. And, uh, you know, I just saw something yesterday at Cinemark, and I'm already forgetting what it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, it must not have been that good. <laughs> wow, yeah, you're becoming uh, quite prolific well, there, Joseph. The latest Hunger Games also. You're, you're, becoming, quite up, prolific. you're becoming quite prolific as an author, Joseph. I, I'm trying to be. I... I I, I try to be, I mean, I have generally the time at home being on disability. I don't mm -hmm. go to a nine to five, so I can 
you know, sit down to the laptop whenever the urge hits me. Yeah. The, the morning, the afternoon, the middle of the night, today, tomorrow, next week, whenever the urge hits, uh, you know, whenever the inspiration comes, I can write. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's which cool. Is, yeah, that's, that's a really good thing. Cool. For sure. And, uh, yeah, let's see. Um, yeah, whatever shall we talk about? Uh, <laughs> now, Andy, you're a Bill? development coach. Yeah, Bill, you, you keep... Yeah, I am a life and development coach. Okay. And I also am a public speaker, writer, and ever so often, I get the opportunity to teach and preach the gospel. Oh. So I'm involved really in creating opportunities and avenues to facilitate people for growth and development, help them get through the muck and the disbelief and the limiting beliefs, and have some form of clarity about life and themselves and the decisions that they need to make. That is what I specialize in. That is what I do every day. And I, I enjoy it. It's, it's my calling. It's my fulfillment. And it brings me a great amount of pleasure. Okay. That's, uh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, we didn't get a chance to talk cool. about it, but oh, sorry. Go ahead, Joseph. Yeah, that's great to hear. And since we're recording on Thanksgiving, yeah, since we're recording on Thanksgiving, let me tie that back because a lot of people understand Bradford and the Mayflower landed at Plymouth Rock, they don't recall that they were blown off course. That's not their destination. <laughs> and a lot of people think Thanksgiving is just this generic secular holiday. It is not. The Native Americans, who of course had their own different religious traditions, met with the Bradford Colony Christian pilgrims and for the Feast of the Tabernacle. Mm -hmm. It has biblical roots. And yeah. a lot of people don't know it, never knew it, and just think of Thanksgiving as created out of a whole cloth just because the Indians and the pilgrims happened to get together. No, they didn't just happen to get together. They got yeah. together to celebrate the Feast of the Tabernacle. And now, as Paul Harvey would say, you know the rest <laughs> of the story. Yeah. You know, a, yeah. another bit of it, It's uh, interesting trivia. that you say that, oh, um, Joseph, because I, I was speaking to a Jewish leader recently, and he reminded me that they celebrate the same thing in October. So, yeah, Joseph, that's, that's, that's great. That's wonderful, the history that you have brought together. Um, I enjoy that. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that because before 9-11, I always used to vacation in Canada. Mm -hmm. Being in Detroit, Windsor is right across the river from us. Yeah. But I used to go up to Aurelia, Ontario, Canada, on Sparrow Lake. Shout out R.I.P. Gordon Lightfoot, native son of Aurelia, Ontario, Canada, who recently passed. Yeah. But I used to vacation at a lodge there. And yes, I would go for the Canadian Thanksgiving in October uh, based on that yeah. same tie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> that's wonderful. <laughs> you know, yeah. another Even bit of... How uh, this can all weave together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, another bit of trivia about uh, about the first Thanksgiving 
and the Pilgrims. You know, one of the reasons why they decided to stop in, uh, why they had to stop in uh, um, in uh, in Plymouth, yep. is that they had run out of beer. Because, of course, at the time, well, they were definitely, they were definitely. The, at the at the time, of course, yeah, uh, um, time, beer was uh, beer was safer to drink than water. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, but yeah, even even because according to the notes, exactly. they were even out of the children's beer. <laughs> Apparently, they had an wow. even lighter version <laughs> of the of the beer, a, a watered down version of beer for the children. So, uh, uh, because, uh, because just water wow. just wasn't safe to drink at the time. It was, uh, it was dirty. And so, today we threw, we put it through processing plants. Mm -hmm. That was their processing operation of the time. Yeah. That yeah. cleaned up the water through the process of turning it into beer. Yeah. It, exactly. A lot of history that people don't know, don't understand. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But I always <laughs> thought that was, uh, that was hilarious. But yeah. Um, yeah, actually, uh, yeah. I was going to say, I discussed this with Joseph before, uh, before we uh, started the show, before we started recording, before you got on, Andy, um, I've actually returned to school working on my master's in divinity in a uh, program called Marketplace Ministry. Um, that combines leadership and business okay. classes and journalism with the regular divinity stuff. Um, I'm actually taking New Testament right now. Finished up, uh, just finished up okay. a, a really interesting class in uh, um, in missions, and uh, um, you know, uh, talking about uh, about how we are to reach out and uh, um, and and the best ways to to reach people for the Lord. And uh, that uh, um, one of the one of the focuses was that it shouldn't be it can't be just about um, about proselytizing, about getting people into the church. Um, people have needs that need to be met. And uh, um, and you must combine that mm. with uh, uh, with uh, with the uh, with the, the outreach, with the, the missional out the with the uh, the Christian outreach side of the outreach, um, in order to uh, in order to get people to uh, to take you seriously, um, have you ever have either of you gentlemen ever been on a, a mission trip? Absolutely, I go into the. I have not been, but it's interesting that you speak about meeting the needs of the people, and I, I am really concerned about that because in our ministry, I am in charge of benevolence. Mm. And it's important to understand that even though you really want to make disciples out of men, because that's what we are commanded to do, at the end of the day, Christ set a perfect example in the scriptures on two occasions. He fed thousands of people with five loaves and two fishes. Mm -hmm. And the reason why he did that is because he realized if I could meet their basic need at this time, which is hunger, once that happens and they are relaxed and dopamine is all over the place, guess what? <laughs> I am going to be able to now tell them the good news. Yeah. So if he could set that example and he is the Lord, how come we not getting it here on earth right now? We just missing it. 
And that ties in with what you just said, Bill. So I really appreciate uh, the perspective from which you're doing that, that training. And I hope that you'll be successful and really get out there and meet some needs and at the same mm -hmm. time, win some souls for the Lord. Yeah, Thank you. And this perfectly ties in again with Thanksgiving. And I discussed this in my Christitutionalist Politics show and book, community, not communism. They are different. Charity, not redistribution. Render unto Caesar is taken out of context. Charity no. is not holding a gun to Steve's head to take something to give to Eve. It is our charitable duty to give of ourselves, our time, our money, our belongings, to others, not steal it from others. Jesus was not a socialist. We are to be our brother's keeper as a Christian commandment, not as a boot thug governmental society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get it. and I get it turns it. out it's so less it's expensive much more... to do it that way. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Exactly. Not not to efficient mention less dangerous. Too. Yes. <laughs> Much more efficient because yeah. you yeah. don't have a bunch of people who are lazy and want to be those government bureaucrats that set themselves up between you and the needy actually taking a 90% cut off of all that and then the wow. scraps get to the needy. Whereas wow. now, like I have terrorstrikes.info slash charity page. I don't oh, have nice. my own foundation. You have to vet your charities, right? Terrorstrikes.info slash charity. All charities that 90% of all things taken in get to those who need it, as opposed to, and I won't mention a name, a certain foundation that raised billions of dollars for Haiti earthquake relief and gave just a few million of those billions to those who were connected to them from their foundation. Their foundation isn't really about charity, it's about self-aggrandizement and enriching themselves. Right. So you've got to vet your charities. Yeah, mm. yeah, for sure, wow. for sure. Anyway. Um, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of charities are 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 set up that way. The 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 ultra wealthy, especially, um, set up uh, set up charities exactly like you're saying to engrandize and enrich themselves. Um, you know, uh, I've heard it said that. Well, uh, I don't want to say all. No, don't want to say all. I mean, there there have been some good work. The the Gateses have, have done some good work in in alleviating uh, um, uh, malaria, um, you know, and and uh, and that uh, in that region, um, you know. So uh, and uh, and others, I'm sure that I just can't think of right off the top. But uh, um, the Fords, being from Detroit, Fords, yeah, we we would not have the hospital and healthcare systems, the greatest on the planet in the United States mm -hmm. that some are trying to tear down <laughs> and destroy, mm -hmm. uh, if not for the Ford Family Foundation, yeah. creating what has become the Ford Family of hospitals, including one right here in Wyandotte. 
used to be Wyandotte Hospital and Independent is now for part of the Ford Hospital mm-hmm. Systems. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, I, I could speak on behalf of the Lions Clubs International because I'm a mm. member of that organization. And we have been accredited with being the most transparent, non-profit, non-government organization on the planet. Nice. And while we do take pride in that, the important thing is I think we have partnered with people like Laman Bosch and others to create a working environment where we would actually meet the needs of people who actually have a genuine need and not just to be in the headlights, not just to be on social media platforms, making up numbers and the aggrandizement aspect of which you guys spoke about. But no, Bill and Joseph, I think it's more about being able to understand that there's always going to be somebody out there who has something that they need and they don't have the resources. How do we help them? How do we get to them? How do we see those people? Because many a times they are either in the minority or they are many miles away. (laughs) And there's so many different barriers that we can get them and they can reach us. We have been accredited with eradicating river blindness, as a matter of fact, and that is just one milestone. And so at the end of the day, I think it's more about being spiritually aligned to the needs of people rather than being religiously Mm -hmm. aligned so that it's not about the organization's name going up in lights, but it's about the actual meeting someone at their point of need and letting them know that there's still hope and there's still someone who really cares about you and your need. And we do everything we can to ensure that that means the top list of all our priorities for as long as we can generate the support and the funds and the resources that are necessary to get it done. Yeah, and I hate to beat a dead horse, but I'm going to go back to community versus fascistic governmental communism. You give somebody a fish, they eat for a day as the saying goes, right? You give them the fish so they can eat today, but you also must teach them to fish so they become self-reliant as opposed to just continually giving them fish to make them dependent upon Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. and you your power trip your you know right you know it is about helping others to help Help themselves themselves. long term not just fill their belly today you're right joseph it's about empowerment it's about empowerment it's about giving people humanistic rights basic humanistic rights you are important enough to learn to survive and to understand that within you is the spirit of resilience that every human being has. And we will help you to get to that place. And at the end of the day, you can help someone else as well. So what we're looking for is a kind of domino effect. Everyone help one and we help each other. And guess what? At some point in time, the village is going to get stronger. The village is going to grow big, bigger. The village is going to get so independent that it would attract other villagers as well. So I support the theory, Joseph. It must be that we empower people 
to empower themselves. That's really I like, important. I like to quote Bono. Most people know who Bono is, right? The yeah. lead singer for U2. U2, yeah. The old saying is, if you're not a liberal when you're young, you've got no heart. But if you're not a conservative when you're older, you've got no mind. Hmm. Bono came to that same conclusion, too. Bono originally was a hardcore socialist. He believed in handouts rather than hand ups, right? Mm. Help, help, help. Just give, give, give. But that creates dependency. Yeah. Bono finally had that aha moment, <laughs> oh, right? Where, yes, you teach them to fish. They become empowered. They become independent rather than dependent. And he learned that by being involved with George W. Bush administration efforts in Africa to bring skills and opportunity for them to create small businesses with what little they had so they could create their own wealth and become empowered rather than be dependent on Bono showing up with a check all the yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Makes sense. For sure. <laughs> um, you made me think of uh, just now of, uh, of a couple things, but uh, um, one of them um, is, uh, um, do, you, do you gentlemen know about uh, Stephen Covey, uh, the, seven, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? Um, well, his, his, we didn't oh, hear that. You can't no, hear you me. Gotta repeat. Sorry. Um, are you familiar with, uh, with Stephen Covey? The, uh, he was the author of seven habits of highly effective people. Can you hear me? I've heard of it. I, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I, Bill, I, I think you should yeah. toggle off your video. So your bandwidth. Yeah, let me only uh, on the audio because you keep phasing in and out. Whereas okay. if you go to audio only, I think it'll probably solve that problem. But to your point or your question, I've heard of it. I'm not familiar with it. You, Andy? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a bit familiar with it, but not in much detail. I've heard about it. I think I would have read a bit about it. At some point in time, I have heard some commentaries on it, but not deep detail. And, and, and I think that's the aspect of what is missing, but it's quite familiar mm -hmm. when you spoke about well, it. Well, um, one of the things he, uh, he teaches is to move from dependence to independence, like we were talking about, to interdependence. Where, uh, where we become um, like, uh, like the Redwoods of mm. California, where uh, um, the, uh, the Redwoods only stand because their roots interconnect. And uh, um, if those roots didn't interconnect, then the slightest wind would come along and blow those gigantic trees down. And, uh, and that that's the way yeah. we must be in life, is that not simply, yeah, certainly no not dependent, no man is an island. Yeah, you're yeah. still breaking up, Bill. Yeah, the, uh, no man is an island. Right. No right. man is an island. It's that same thing, right? We could try to isolate ourselves, but we're meant to interact as a species. We mm -hmm. are a social, social creature. And yes, 
it is not unbiblical to say it takes a village, but right. there is a difference. I need my family. I need my friends. It may take the neighbor's kid to babysit my child at times, but it doesn't take being your children being a ward of the collective fascistic mm -hmm. state that some try to warp out of context, the it takes a village phrase. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a great perspective there, Joseph. Um, my, my take on it is that at the end of the day, you said no man is an island. And that's, that's really instructive. You spoke about the Ford Foundation and, and Henry Ford's legacy. I clearly remember Henry Ford being the kind of industrialist who was so genius in his commitment that he recognized it was important to bring people with different levels of skills into his organization and make them work together as one. So it was a, a whole lot of interdependency of everyone at different skill levels producing one product. And when that happens and you get that and it becomes so synergetic, at the end of the day, whatever projects you have is going to be accomplished. Whatever challenges you have, it's going to be overcome. Because it is not just about one individual doing the thinking. It's a combination of individuals doing the thinking. And it reminds me of a question that Steve Wozniak would have asked um, Steve Jones. What is your real purpose in Apple? You're not a, you're not a big engineer. You, you, you're only a big ideas and an innovative kind of guy, but you're not an engineer. You're not an accountant. You're not a public relations man. What do you do? And Steve Jobs told him, I am the one who leads the orchestration of all the other players with their instruments. And that is so amazing because at the end of the day, he's saying, I am the gel that keeps everyone together, interconnected and interdependent on each other to produce the end product that Apple is. And we have to learn from stuff like that because at the end of the day, that's the kind of philosophy that builds nations, builds people, and also builds corporations as well. Oh, you are so spot on there, Andy. No. To use the Ford example again, and to interject a bit of politics again, it is individual people with their own desires and motivations to come together for their own personal benefits, as well as them together as a collective set of benefits, as opposed to being forced to be together as a collective, as some governments do. And yes, they create a much greater whole as a collective than they can as individuals. But again, they're doing so out of their own personal, individual motivated choices. And mm -hmm. it's a wonderful life, like, uh, I wrote an article at thelibertybeacon.com a few weeks ago, The mm -hmm. Politics of Potterville, Communism on a Micro Scale, The Savings and Loan, Your Local Credit Union, 
That is communism on a micro level that works because you choose to come together as part of that community to make a greater whole for your own individual personal aspiration benefits as well as the benefit of the group as again opposed to external communistic fascistic forced collectivism a major difference between the micro and the macro yeah yeah well you know we need to remember <laughs> that uh, um that communism on that micro scale was actually introduced in uh, um in the book of acts uh, back to uh, back to a biblical reference um when the uh, the people lived according to you know gave according to uh, their ability and took according to their needs um <clears throat> you know and of course it wasn't forced as we see in the story of Ananias and Sapphira um in that they said they gave but Peter specifically said it was yours to begin with why did you uh, you know why did you lie about how much mm. you gave and uh, um and of course, we know how uh, how that story ends. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, but yeah, um, yeah, it was bring, it was very successful. It was very successful at the micro level. Uh, but we have a problem in having it at a macro level because we can't help but take control. And uh, um, you know, great power comes great temptation. Yeah, there's, there's the issue, the power and control, the human nature, the human psychology, that it can work on the micro, it cannot the macro, and bring that back to Thanksgiving, the Bradford Colony, we all know the Mayflower Compact, what people don't know is that it was a communist compact, mm -hmm. that word common wealth, and that's why they almost all starved to death. Everybody knows Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged. Yeah. The Bradford Colony, that happened. People said, you're not putting in, but you're getting equal shares, so why am I working so hard? They almost all starved to death until Bradford learned to then say, this doesn't work right. on the larger scale unless if you have a group of people who all earnestly care to put in to share in it it doesn't work and he yeah. instituted free market capitalism individual freedoms private property ownership and as they say the rest is history america became to be the land of plenty it is because of that and like I said earlier, as Paul Harvey would say, now you know the, the rest, rest of, of the, the story. story. <laughs> <laughs> hey. For sure. But um, those things aren't taught. You, you know, the Mayflower Compact, sure, everybody knows about that, but they don't know the deal, the real deal, and its failure is what then went on to make America what it is today. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it just takes uh it just takes one person to uh to figure something like that out to make the uh to make the sea change. 
and uh, um, and Bradford was definitely uh, that for the uh, for the Pilgrims. Um, you know, but uh, um, going going back to uh, to organizations and uh, um, that uh, that are doing good work, um, and uh, and people who need a helping hand. Um, there's a uh, there's another group uh, that does uh, it's Southern California's well it, they have a, a mission outreach to uh, to Mexico too but uh, um, but they're primarily in Southern California called Project Boon and what their niche is is uh, um, is actually with what they refer to as the underserved population and these are people who are not on the streets but uh, are basically the paycheck away from being on the streets, um, you know, and helping them, you know, giving them a hand up um, with, uh, with various things like uh, um, they have a backpack program for the kids um, where, they, uh, where they do uh, um, uh, like school supplies and a backpack that I, I participated in that once. And uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, and then they also do, uh, they do a Thanksgiving and a, uh, and an Easter. Um, but, uh, um, but yeah, they, they basically, they serve this forgotten slice of people that the bureaucracy doesn't pay any attention to because they make too much money to be poor, but they don't make enough money to, uh, to, to do more than basically survive. Um, and, uh, um. Yeah, it's yep. uh, it's a it's a great uh, you know population to uh, to work with, um, too. A little uh, little little uh, just a little you know callback to uh, to what we were talking about. Um, but uh, um, but yeah, what do you think about uh, about that? About helping the people that are in the middle, um, not quite uh, not quite there. The one paycheck away oh, from uh, from homelessness people. Absolutely. Again, going back to Bradford. It was based, the compact based on Acts, as you pointed mm -hmm. out, but also the Bible, as Bradford rightly pointed out later in his self-discovery to need to change, the Bible also says those who do not work shall not eat. And the Bible right. also says you shall be the your brother's keeper and you take care of widows and orphans. Right. Mm. So again, charity, we know to take care of those who aren't able to help themselves enough, but are trying to yeah. help themselves as opposed to the person who refuses to do anything for themselves. There's a difference. All these lessons are there in the Bible that yeah. so many people are trying to get us away into a secular society from and fail to learn those lessons. Mm -hmm. Well, if you think back yeah. to the old, if you think I back, think, oh, I think sorry. Joseph and Bill, we, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, um, that's all right. What I was focusing on what Joseph was saying about the principles coming out of the scriptures. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me that Christ always chose to see the good in those who were considered to be, quote unquote, bad. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, while I, I applaud the idea of focusing on giving people the opportunity to overcome 
the basic needs that they struggle to independently uphold for themselves. I want to go back to the empowerment issue. And the reason why that is important is because we have to find a way, I think, to get people to believe that their life is much more than it presently is. Mm -hmm. We have to find a way for them to internalize a value that is greater than the value they currently have. And I think it simply means that giving them the opportunity to have a desire to want more than what they currently have. Because some folks actually give up and think, hey, this is it. And the reason why they do that is because they look at the gap in society and they see themselves at the bottom of the ladder. And when they look at the rungs of the ladder going straight up to the Bill Gates and the Bezos and Elon Musk, they're saying to themselves, I can't even begin to climb one ladder, one step. But what about if we create an opportunity for them to have a different mindset by having a different heart set? Mm -hmm. By teaching them to internalize and personalize values that they can create for themselves and to understand now that all men, even though we were not all born equal, we were all created equal. So what those billionaires could accomplish, you could accomplish too, but maybe your purpose in life and your value for life is much different and it does not necessarily mean that success is like having all the byproducts meaning the nice cars and the fancy houses and the great bank accounts go on vacation when you want no it's much more than that and it starts with each individual being awakened to the fact that i am here because i have a purpose for being here i am not just a statistic on somebody's database I am, just an, I am not just a number on, on, on the city population list. I am somebody of value because I was able to get up this morning, live and move and have my being and breed. How can we get them now to have a mindset that's sustainable based on internal values that tells them they are worth more than their current position and therefore they should have a burning desire to do more? and to accomplish more and so enhance the opportunity for us to help them not just in the basic needs department but in self-evaluation as well yeah andy to what you were saying about jesus jesus was often so very kind to prostitutes and those around him just didn't get it because a lot of them were indeed widows and orphans and yeah. they were still trying to what i said you those who do not work shall not eat those yeah. who are at least trying and while they were engaging in prostitution they were still trying to get by in life often having children of their own they had mm -hmm. to do that deed to help ensure their child. They weren't just wandering around asking hmm. for handouts. They were yeah. still trying in life. And Jesus, to your point, Andy, said, you're not, you, you may not be doing absolutely right, but you are trying. 
you are surviving. You are doing yeah. what you need to survive and you deserve help and you yeah. deserve a chance at better and redemption. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I think I think you you hit it on the 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 head there, Joseph, because it. Sorry, Bill. That's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, Andy. Yeah, I I, I was saying I think that Joseph hit it on the head there because it takes me right back to the woman at the well, uh, the Samaritan woman in John chapter four. Amen. <laughs> Jesus told her, "Woman, you have spoken truth." You had five husbands, and the one that you have now is not yours. But it was out of pure necessity for her to survive that she had to go through that process. And because of her honesty, he decided to give her the whole nine yards, as they say. And then she became the very conduit by which all the people that heard her say what she said, come see a man that tells me everything. And they eventually believed that he was the Messiah, the one that was spoken to come. So out of that situation, I can see your point, Joseph, and I understand the context, but also the mindset of Christ. He understood. He didn't condemn. He uplifted. That's right. And I'm glad you mentioned the word condemn, because I got to tell you, I get so bleeping tired of people mentioning, well, you know, Matthew, it says, judge not lest ye be judged. No, read the rest of the sentence. <laughs> and it also, there are 12 other yes, yes, yes. references. You uh -huh. are to judge biblically yes. and hold yeah. yourself accountable biblically, That's right. not That's be right. a hypocrite. So mm -hmm. it really is condemn not lest ye be condemned, condemned. for final judgment is that yeah. of the lord's that's right yeah, yeah. that's right and uh amen um, brother yeah there's a there's yes, a big difference yeah. between uh between judgment and condemnation and uh and people need to understand that yeah. we need yeah. to discriminate if you will in certain areas there are certainly areas where we should not discriminate but there are areas in which we should discriminate. Like, uh, like for for me, I need right. to well, discriminate the foods I eat <laughs> because uh, because I'm I'm way overweight <laughs> and it's unhealthy. Um, but uh, um, but yeah, to yeah. Uh, to your point, Joseph. Um, right. Yeah, right. it's definitely uh, um, you know there's definitely a huge difference between judgment and condemnation, and and we need to live in a world without condemnation. But uh, but we do need to live in a world full of proper, biblically based and uh, biblically and ethically based judgment. Yeah, and you don't yeah. have to be Christian or biblical. I often cite, and I mention in Christitutionalist Politics, my mm -hmm. book, Penn of Penn and Teller. He's yeah. an avowed atheist. Yes. You don't have to be biblically based. Penn says all the time he doesn't believe in God, but he doesn't hate Christians and Jews and mm -hmm. others because biblical tenets are common sense. Yeah. Now, you know, 
You don't murder me. I don't murder you. You don't yeah. have a right to my stuff. I don't have a right to your stuff. So it doesn't have to be biblical. But back to True. your point, Bill, about discrimination. Andy, all right, for those listening on audio, if you haven't figured it out, he is a black man. I am a white man. Martin Luther King Jr., content of character. I don't judge Andy on his skin tone, but the content of his character and the other bastardation of the Bible. In today's modern Bibles, we mistranslate the original Aramaic, Greek, Latin, and Hebrew from thou shalt not murder to thou shalt not kill. And mm. there is a difference because in Exodus, it talks about the taking of a life and it is not murder. And yeah. also the death penalty, Genesis, Leviticus, uh, uh, is it numbers? The death penalty is biblical. Killing is different than murder of innocence. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Very different. And that's a whole that's a whole new ball game. People take the Bible out of context. You can't lift one scripture out of context of the whole Bible. Yeah. Well, and in, in the New Testament, because yeah. of the Greek, uh, you in many cases you can't even lift a single word out of uh, out of the context before it changes the meaning. Um, Greek is uh, is definitely a, a right. contextual language, um, and uh, um, yeah, I'm definitely learning that in in school. <laughs> well, like again, we're talking about Thanksgiving. I was going to joke. For those, anybody who could see this on audio, if you put it, or on video, if you put it up on your YouTube channel later, yeah. you see I and Andy have a green screen behind us rather than, <laughs> because uh, uh, Riverside just doesn't allow us to put the beautiful backgrounds that we normally project upon our green screen. I said, yeah. I have a cornucopia of choices I could put up, but <laughs> Riverside won't let me. And of course, I use cornucopia in the modern sense of meaning we use the word for plenty in general, as opposed to it's biblical and Thanksgiving feast of the tabernacle, horn of plenty, the actual basket woven in the shape of a horn sense. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I've definitely. got several pieces that I wrote for thelibertybeacon.com on the twisting and warping of language. People purposefully, willfully, and malice of forethought trying to take, it's like the bastardization of the Constitution. It is not a living and breathing document. It says what it says. It means what it says based on the time it was written not your twisted version of the term today. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, there's so much that, uh, um, you know, was written in the past that, uh, um, you know, important books and documents that, uh, um, that are 
misunderstood um, in in many ways, um, you know, because people don't get that language changes over the course of time. Um, you know, uh, um, the the Bible is definitely a, a great because it's it's so old. Um, I mean, having been written over the course of about uh, of about two thousand years, um, and finished about two thousand years ago. Um, you know that people don't get that language was different then. It was it was you know certain things meant certain thing you know meant different things than what they mean today, and we need to understand the original context. Mm. Um, the Constitution is another great example, uh, only being two hundred years old. Well, a little more than well, two hundred and fifty almost. <clears throat> Pardon me. <clears throat> Sorry, um, but. You know, words meant different things back then as mm -hmm. well. Um, you know, uh, you can only go back and, it, it, you know, people, you know, you know, there, it's always wonderful to dream. Oh, if I went back in time, I could do this, that and the other thing. It's like you really can't go back in time much more than 50 years and still be able to understand what people are saying. Uh, you know, to have a, to have a conversation, it would be like well, learning I, a different language. A perfect example out of the Constitution to make it more modern than biblical. People say, and this ties back to what we are talking about, helping those who need an additional hand up, not a hand out. Mm -hmm. The welfare state, it is right. not constitutional. Mm -hmm. No doubt there's some snowflakes jumping up and down out there. What about <laughs> the welfare clause? The welfare clause says to promote the general welfare, that is things that benefit all people. Right. That does not mean you lift the word welfare, twist it, twist it into a pretzel logic to mean individual handout welfare checks. It is not valid. It is not constitutional. And no. again, I'm not saying you don't help people. Right. I am saying it is our duty personally to help people, not fascistic, communistic, redistributive government to steal from me to help someone else. Yeah, what's uh, yeah. the uh, yeah. gentleman? Uh, oh, Billy, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, Andy. Yeah, you said something really interesting there about, yeah, you, you said something really interesting, Bill, about language mm -hmm. and the originality of the scriptures almost 2,000 years ago. But one thing I, I think we need to really strongly observe is that most of the laws that countries have instituted for the growth and the development of their people and their nation are based on biblical principles. Amen. And even and, Penn and Teller recognizes yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it's really simple. Thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt have no other gods beside me. Thou shalt not kill. All those things remain very consistent in most if not all of the countries that uh, have some sort of law and order policy that governs the people that live in those countries or that visit those countries. Mm 
And so what it tells me is that even though we may not openly recognize the construct of the scripture and its ability to find itself within the confines of what man may consider as the constitution or the laws of the land from a legalistic point of view, it's there and it can be denied. And that tells me how powerful God's words are. So my firm belief is despite the fact that there may be those who are negatively inclined and illegally inclined and may want to really take up an, uh, uh, a position that says, you know what, my way or the highway, at the end of the day, I think that which is more right and better and proper for that nation or that country or that village, that community from a godly perspective, I think that will always prevail in the end. There's always going to be somebody or a group of people who God is going to impress and give that ability and all the resources that they need to remind folks, hey, I am God. I am still here. I am still in control. Yes, you may have presidents, you may have prime ministers, you may have senators and you may have counselors. All of that is part of a governmental procedure governmental process but at the end of the day my laws are what are going to stay supremely outstanding with regards to the ethical and the moral values of society yeah well i want to reiterate again and mention pen avowed atheist you don't have to be a christian to yeah. understand these things again yeah, just because they're right. biblical doesn't yeah. mean he rejects them they are common sense right yes you uh right you don't have a right to steal my stuff nor i yours thou mm -hmm. shalt not murder me i don't yeah. murder you this yeah. is just common sense yeah. part of being a good human part simple, of common simple. sense to have an orderly society mm -hmm. yeah well you look back at uh, at thomas yep. jefferson um and uh, and his his version of the bible in which he cut out all references to uh to anything supernatural and created a, a, a book of ethics um basically out of it and uh, um yeah you know, uh, and that's, I mean, that was how he believed and uh, um, which was fine for him. Um, and uh, um, yeah, it's the same, same basic, uh, basic premise that you don't have to, you don't have to be Christian to use the lessons of the Bible. Um, and, uh, um, but uh, it certainly, uh, certainly isn't oh, a bad absolutely. thing to be Christian. Who was it? <laughs> I, I, I have a copy. I can't think of the exact name, but you know, the book of etiquette or whatever, whoever wrote that, uh, my grandmother's copy is sitting on my bookshelf, right? That's like at Jefferson's book of ethics, mm -hmm. the, the book of modern etiquette or whatever it's titled, still very valid today. So you don't, it's it based still, yes, on biblical tenets, but again, you can remove the God aspect and mm. still be ethical and have etiquette and uh i don't know the other word I, you know but just be a good human for 
bleeping sake. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and Bill, you you said. I mean, I'm I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it from from God's perspective, and I have to because at the end of the day, his disciples. I'm I'm, I'm referring back to the woman at the well, mm -hmm. Jacob's well. The disciples came back and they were shocked that he was actually speaking to a Samaritan woman. Right. <laughs> because we, we know from biblical history, the conflict between the two nations and one being chosen and exalted and the other one being at, at the lower end of the wrong. But in his example, he was showing to them Although I came here originally for the Jews first, the mere fact that I'm speaking to this Samaritan woman is evidence to you that after we have dealt with our people, we need to take the gospel to the Gentiles as well, including the Samaritans. Yes. But the important thing that I'm really looking at here is what Joseph said recently. And... I'm looking at the history of the Bible, and when we go back, we realize that there was some confusion between the idea of allowing the book of Proverbs and the Song of Solomon to stay in the Bible or leave them all out. Because the book of Proverbs does not base itself on any spiritual principles. It is based on wisdom and life choices principles. The Song of Solomon. It's about romance yeah. and poetry and the flora and the fauna and the metaphors that goes with them. So at the end of the day, what is God saying? What is he saying to us? He's saying that I have given you, man, everything that you need. Take the Bible as an example. Wisdom, the ability to show love and affection for each other, all these things. I've given them unto you. And so it does not mean that you have to be quote unquote a Christian. <laughs> exactly. But just be a normal human being because all of these things that I have placed in you is as a result of what I said in the beginning when I said to the other two personalities that make up Elohim, let us make man in our image after our likeness. What does that mean even? So we should not be trying to figure out why some people are the way that they are or are not. It is simply that we had a choice along the way to recognize. If I am representing the image of God, then I have within me the ability to mimic the qualities of God. But then I have a choice. Lucifer had a choice. He made the wrong choice. Look what happened after that. Adam had a choice. He made the wrong choice. Look what happened after that. So there's always going to be consequences for the choices that we make. But at the end of the day, Bill, yeah. he has given us all that we need to make the right choices. Yeah. yeah. I, and I'm, I literally, while you were talking, Andy, I ran to my bookshelf. I'm holding up the book. It's called complete and if you know we probably lost a lot of the audience but if you <laughs> are religious but you know people who aren't and they re re 
reject religion. They reject God. But you want to help them understand about being a good human without biblical aspects or tenets. I urge you, go on eBay or to your bookstore. Get a copy of Complete Etiquette, the complete yep. modern guide for day-to-day -day living the correct way by Francis Benton. This mm. copy I'm holding up on video is an original from 1956. Completely wow. apart and aside from the Bible, only 414 pages. You can see in the corner, price $1 back in <laughs> 1956. Wow. Lord knows what it would cost today, but, you know, about good societal living, being a good human, treating others as you would have them treat you. Treat you. does yeah. not have to be a biblical thing. As Penn would mm. say, it's just common sense. Yep, that's be right. Be a good human. Yep, that's all. No, um, you know, yeah. to, uh, to that point, um, my calling in, uh, in leadership training is uh, is to uh, um, promote what uh, what I've started calling ethical leadership, um, which is based on uh, which is in actuality based on the uh, the Beatitudes, um, leadership based on the teachings of Jesus. Um, but I don't present it as such um, at first. It's it's part of the exit uh, interview. Um, where uh, um, people, you know, the people who come to learn, mm. they don't, they aren't told, they aren't hit with, uh, oh, by the way, this is all biblical and Jesus taught this and all that. It's, it's taught in a more secular kind of method um, so that people, it actually becomes an opportunity. Totally rejected otherwise. Right. And it becomes an opportunity mm -hmm. to present the gospel at a later date. Because once once a person realizes, hey, yes. all this stuff is good, you know, wow, this is useful and, and this is going to help me and help the world and, and all of that. And then they find out, well, this is biblical, by the way. Then it's more it's more likely that yep. they'll go, wow, maybe <laughs> I need to learn some more about the rest of this. And uh, because if this is good, then maybe that is good Amen, too. Amen, yeah. brother. Yeah. And yeah. so that's the that's the calling I have. Amen. As yeah. opposed that's to right. as opposed wow. to taking the Bible and trying to beat Jesus into people, right? It doesn't work. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. If, it doesn't. If it the doesn't. Uh, if the Inquisition taught us anything, that's it. Wow. Wow. Yes, indeed. Well, well I'm <laughs> glad you mentioned the Inquisition. This, this is a as an aside, kind of going back to my tear strikes coming soon to a city near you book, because people, of course, who haven't read the book, try to accuse me of being, you know, the usual, Solonsky deflection. Oh, I must be racist, sexist. My book must be Islamophobic. No, it's about all terrorism, not just one particular brand of terrorism. And, and the point here uh, being is I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> but, uh oh. But, you know, <laughs> uh oh, wow. that's right. But, you know, again, the preconceived notions, 
as I try to get that thought back. It's not a, about one thing, it's about a lot of things and not all, I have to give the disclaimer during the interviews and, and you know, tell Bill, Will, uh, Dawn Williams of the research show, black, female, Muslim. She knows I'm not Islamophobic and it's not about that. It, oh, it was the Crusades was where I was going to go to, right? Mm. People warp the Crusades. So back to my book, the Crusades were not Christian terrorizing others. It was Islamic fundamentalists of the age expansionism and the Crusades were Christians reclaiming Christian and Judeo lands from the Islamic hordes of the time trying to push Islam onto people. You know, but again, modern history is not taught. People are reading Howard Zinn fiction rather mm. than actual history, which is not to say all Christians are good. You mentioned the Inquisition. Right. That was a dark part of Christianity. The mm. Crusades as bastardized telling today were not. Yeah. All of history and proper context matters. Mm -hmm. It does. It does. Yeah, and people often forget context. Um, you know, uh, we have uh, we have reels and and shorts now on uh, on Facebook and YouTube, respectively. And uh, um, you know, we Facebook when I upload uh, an episode says, "Hey, you wanna you wanna create a reel out of this?" And I'm like, "No, because that would take something out of context, and I don't want to do that to my guests." Uh, you know, but uh, context uh, right. context can be everything. A lot, a lot of people, a lot of people have their own. Mm -hmm. personal agendas, right? Mm -hmm. It's like uh, socialism, communism, fascism. This isn't the 1930s, and I go into this in terror strikes as well as constitutionalist politics. Those, the Nazi Sochis were fighting the Moscow-backed Marxist communists mm -hmm. in Germany for power and control. Right. They were different then. Today, socialism, communism, fascism is all basically the same thing. Slight mm. variations on a theme for their own power and control. Yeah. They want the red banner. They want the black banner. They want the pink polka dotted banner. But it's all the same thing about their agenda for their power and control, so they propagandize and twist and distort the context for their personal gain. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Context. Yeah. Context. 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 Can't talk about that enough. Um, you know, going back to uh, to the Bible. Um, People look at some people will look at uh, um, at some of the ancient uh, the Old Testament laws like uh, um, like that if your child is uh, is rebellious against you and uh, um, and you can't deal with it 
to take them to the uh, to the council to the city and uh, um, and you know can ha- and uh, and have them decide their fate. Um, people don't understand that before that, the context is that before that, children were property and you were perfectly free to kill them at will. You know, it's like the, the old uh, the old Bill Cosby. And I, put, I brought you into this world. Um, I can take you out. Yeah. And uh, uh, but once that yeah. law went I'll into effect, and, yeah. then the children had um had legal standing you couldn't just kill the child you had to go through a you had to go through a process it's the first it's the first law of children's rights and uh um and people don't see that context and they think it's like oh you can just that's that's terrible part of right that's part Mm. of our judeo-christian Western culture judicial system. Mm-hmm. Children do not have a full set of rights, but no. they have some rights. In some Islamic fundamentalist states, honor killing is yeah. still allowed yep. under yeah. Islam. And yep. it's different yep. from our Western culture, Judeo Christian judicial system that children do have a limited set of rights right. to mm-hmm. their own life. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, um, so, yeah. So definitely I would encourage you, if you are wondering about something to look at, so let's research the context. It's not hard to find. I mean, we have, uh, we, we are in a, a an age of information. Um, where it is, uh, where it is free and easy to uh, to get. Um, I mean, I use resources like the Internet Archives and and uh, um, and things like that to uh, to find out all sorts of things. And uh, um, you know, but uh, but yeah, find out, seek and find out the truth. Um, with that, um, yeah. I think we're at a at a pretty good stopping point. <laughs> I'm a former I. Okay. You're I okay. Okay. I, I'm a former <laughs> IT guy, Bill. So okay. I use Internet Archives, the Wayback Machine, a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. They, what they say, if it's on the Internet, it's there for life. Well, that's not necessarily true, but the Internet Archives is indeed trying to preserve as much of the Internet as they can. Like I have yeah. an old personal site super simple computer enterprises yeah i yeah. don't have that site anymore but thanks to the internet archives <laughs> it indeed lives on but the other thing is we're in such an information age the downside to that bill is people can seek confirmation bias yeah. rather than truth i don't mm. use google so much <laughs> bias in that. Duck, duck, go, duck, duck, go. and free spoke yeah. are true, <laughs> you know, true, <laughs> true purveyors of information delivery. Whereas Google presents you a leftist bias agenda. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Bill, I, I just want to touch on something oh, quickly. Sure. Um, you spoke about leadership and you spoke about um leadership with integrity and leadership with a certain level of moral values 
as well as ethical values. And it reminds me of a situation in Acts between Paul and Barnabas. When John Mark left them, suddenly, when they needed him as their assistant and he went back to Jerusalem, that was on the first missionary journey. On right. the second journey, Barnabas is inciting that John Mark comes again. Now, John Mark is his cousin. And Paul says no. And the scripture says that they had a heated confrontation. Yeah. I don't know if blows were, <laughs> were traded, <laughs> but it was, it was heated. It was highly contested. And Paul stood his ground. And when you look at the scriptures in the future, when he mentioned and says, bring John Mark for he is profitable to me, what you realize is that the integrity and the ethical values that Paul demonstrated was so high. Because at the end of the day, he recognized that there was something internally struggling with John Mark that he couldn't deal with. Yeah. And he didn't have time on the journey to mentor the young man. But he gave him the opportunity to grow. And so later on, when he had matured enough, he welcomed him to support him in the journey. Yes. And there was another instance when he confronted Peter because... Peter was siding with those from the old Judean council with regards to not eating with the people who were of Gentile origin. But he knew better than that because he had the vision. But because of the pressure of those of the Judean sect, those old heads who didn't want to change, he made a compromise. And Paul stood up and told him, no, Peter, you can't do that. As a leader, you can't compromise your position because of the pressures of men. And so at the end of the day, I think it is important that as leaders, we maintain a very high standard of integrity, moral, ethical, and spiritual values. It must build us to have strong characters yeah. because we will have challenges that we're going to have to face. And there may not be a biblical principle that we need to adopt, but a manly principle which would say to us, I am going to stand my ground on this because I know it is right. Even if I have to stand alone, but I will stand for the right thing. So I think that the leadership that we need in the world today matters, but it must be holistic. The one that would show a leader with integrity, he must also have heart. He must have a compassion for people. And at the end of the day, he must have that kind of integrity, moral and ethical standards that is not just surface, superficial, but deep. Really something that he holds valuable to himself. His personal innate virtual values that he brings out to the fore. And if that happens, we're going to see a difference in the world. But as long as we have leaders who are in a position where they have to compromise because of whatever, we're going to have more problems, more challenges, more issues are going to arise. I'm tempted to speak about a certain president who 
compromise his position, but I'm going to leave that out of the conversation for now. <laughs> but I know you get what I'm saying with regards to the integrity, the leadership, the moral and the ethical values. We need the whole package. Yeah. I'm glad you used those words, Andy. It's, it's, it's interesting. You used honor and integrity because Don McCauley of the author show, uh, developed my branding, my marketing for me. And from him came the phrase, honor, integrity, patriotism. For some, yeah. those are just words, but for best-selling yeah. author, Joseph M. Leonard of Terror Strikes Coming Soon to a City Near You, he embodies those every day ah. in his life and work. <laughs> love that word, embody. I love it. I love it, Joseph. Embody. That's it. That's where we have to go. Nothing superficial, no. not the skin deep thing. Not just for it to look good. It must come from the heart. But go hard or go home. <laughs> and you were about to wrap us up, Bill. I was about to wrap us because, up. <laughs> because I, I, I have to be at my sister's for Thanksgiving at 3 o'clock and it's 2.30 ah. now. Uh-oh. <laughs> ah, the feast, okay. the feast, the feast, the feast. Yeah, the feast. Yes, I, 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 must, uh, I must begin cooking <laughs> the feast. So, uh, um, so yeah. Um, well, with that, uh, then uh, I, will, uh, I, will bring, uh, I will bring us to a close. Um, I always uh, make sure, uh, let's see, to put uh, the appropriate links in the description. So uh, you can find uh, Joseph's uh, books there and, uh, and Andy's uh, uh, coaching uh, uh, link. And because uh, um, Andy's link is a little long and, and all, the, uh, all the Amazon links are way too long. Uh, <laughs> to speak, but, uh, um, but yeah, so, uh, so go, yeah. uh, buy a, buy a couple yeah, yeah, books, yeah, yeah. uh, get yourself some, uh, some development, life and development coaching and, uh, um, and, uh, be better people. But, uh, I always ask yep. before, uh, before wrapping it up, uh, if, uh, do you mm -hmm. gentlemen have anything, any final words for the nice people? Oh, we're losing Bill again. Uh oh, oh yeah, Bill. Bill is. Do you have wow. any? Uh, do you have any final words for oh, the nice people? Is. Can you hear me now? I guess uh, not. Yeah, we hear you. Okay, better. okay. Yeah, do you have any uh, any final words for the nice people? Anybody? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Joseph. Yeah, I I I I believe Bill and Joseph that this was a very engaging and philosophical episode that we have. And what I, I really would love for people to get is the fact that Jesus Christ's ministry was not based on a religion or the establishment of a religion, but it was based on a philosophical way of life that the Father wanted us to adopt and live as we represented him and his kingdom on planet Earth. And that every man matters, everybody's story is important. And we should take value from that because at the end of the day, we are here for a purpose. Find your purpose. Find out what your calling is. Embody it. Embrace it. Believe it. Hold on to it. And give yourself the opportunity to graduate to a place where when you leave this planet, you are empty because you poured out all that you came to do. And you give a return on the investment that the creator made by putting you on planet Earth.
Amen, Andy, and Amen. along those lines, I'm glad you said what you said, because far too many of my fellow Christians lose track of the point and the fact Jesus came to fulfill the Torah, not necessarily create a whole new and different religion, but to build upon and why the Old Testament is part of the Christian Bible, not to yeah. replace it, but to embellish it. He came mm -hmm. in fulfillment of the scriptures. Yep. Not mm -hmm. to say those are all hogwash. We're throwing those out. That's not the case. And then lastly, yeah, people, uh, Andy, I would suggest you look at Linktree when you start yep. developing a lot. People could find me at linktr.ee slash Detroit, And it looks like Lenard. It's not French. It's Leonard without an O. <laughs> that helps you put all your links together in one place. Link, yeah. <laughs> linktr.ee slash Detroit for me. And of course, josephmleonard.us and terrorstrikes.info. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I thank you. Uh, I thank you all thanks for that. Thanks again for having me on, Bill. Yay! Thanks for uh, thanks for being there. Um, it was definitely an interesting uh, conversation, and uh, I think uh, I personally got a lot out of it. I hope uh, I hope our listeners uh, do too. But uh, with that, um, I uh, remind you all yeah, to stay do. safe out there. Remember to wash your hands and stay tuned for the ending credits. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been a presentation of Bald Spots Productions. I'd like to thank our producer, my beloved mother, Eileen Hatch. I, of course, am your humble host. I'd like to thank my special guests, Joseph M. Leonard and Andy Charles. Support the show if you feel so led over on Patreon.com. We're known as Bald Spots Pro. Don't you dare miss YWL Online. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and wherever fine podcasts are offered. Be sure to tune in next time when my special guests will be Vivian Nebel and Brian Elman. Be sure to like, comment, and share. You know, subscribe, follow, whatever it is you've got to do to kick that algorithm into gear and help us reach more people. If you or someone you know need support now, call or text 988 or chat 988lifeline.org. That is the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline here in the United States.